Welcome back to Bad Associations Podcast. I'm Chev, and today I'm going to be talking to Sierra. Sierra left the Jehovah's Witness cult less than a month ago, so it was a new and interesting conversation to have. We talked about everything from dating outside the organization, telling her family that she would not be returning, being betrayed by a friend inside the cult, and just the overall feeling of being alone. I know you're going to enjoy this convo as much as I did. Here it is. My leaving's more a little more recent, so I'm kind of excited to share. Yeah, <laughs> I am excited for like newcomers. Um, just like the two extremes. Like I like people that have left way before me and people that have left more recent because um, even though it's supposed to be like this consistent religion, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, it's there's so much shit changes between the years. And so I feel like all of our you know, stories are so it different. It really does. Like I, I always hear people all the time on like Reddit and stuff be like, mm-hmm. this is so much different than what I grew up with. So like, different. Yeah. Like, but the things that have changed are none of the things that like need to be changed you know like it's always like oh it's worse or it's like what i got this fellowship for that and you guys are allowed to do that yeah right (laughs) way extreme stuff my first question as i always ask is tell me about the first the earliest memory you have of questioning the jehovah's witness faith yeah so actually it was honestly kind of the internet age um i was a child of the internet my dad was always a big computer guy and it was, I want to say it was about a year after I gotten baptized. I got baptized at 12, so pretty young. Um, and I, I t- we lived in a very rural area. We still act, I still actually live in the same area, but um, not a lot of friends. And the friends that I was making within the hall, they just, it's hard to explain, but the one friend that I really did have, she just, it's almost uh, she was homeschooled too so it's like socially like i started growing out of her even though we were the same age it's kind of a weird thing to think that's about. very typical yeah so i was about 13 and i started making friends online like through via skype and like i don't think discord was out at that point um like through gaming stuff because i was really into like multi massive multiplayer online stuff at the time and Um, I had just met a really cool group of people online and, you know, some of them, they came from all sorts of different backgrounds. Um, Some were religious, some not, some lesbian, gay, stuff like that. And it just made me think, I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it, it was, it made me sad to think that these people were going to die in Armageddon. Yeah. I think that's a feeling I always had growing up is like all I see all my classmates in school and stuff I'm like oh, I'm supposed to believe that all these people are going to die when Armageddon comes and it just it, it made me like so sad and then I can't remember what the full conversation was but I was talking to one of my friends um, on Skype at the point he was like you know why don't you look into it on like why you believe this stuff because he would ask me questions and I honestly couldn't mm-hmm. give him a straight answer on why I believed it were you born in the truth oh yeah yeah so yeah. I was born in the truth my um my mother was also born in the truth and my father joined I think shortly after college um so they got married a couple years after he got baptized um and then they had me and my brother i think also another thing that caused me to like kind of believe it wasn't 
true was actually shortly after I got baptized, my brother completely left. He was never baptized. Um, he, I think he was about 19 at the time. Oh, wow. And he just, he, he lived with my family and everything, but he said, I refuse to go. I just don't want to go stuff like that and my parents would always try to get like an actual answer out of him why and he would just kind of stay silent I think to keep the peace more mm. um we probably yeah. had an, a reason but like none of our reasons are good enough reasons in their mind so yeah yeah and it, it ended up being that he was an atheist um we ended up having conversations after I started waking up um but yeah after that Skype thing I just can't remember what provoked me but I was like I really want to know what they're keeping from us mm. and and I think the last prayer that I made to Jehovah was like please show me what you know if this is the truth or not um, and then I started googling about the religion that I had been raised in um, right. And I instantly came across JW Facts, and I like, I think like one or two articles in, I was just, I, I knew this wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much when you're already questioning because you're. It, re- it really at that doesn't, because <laughs> like, it, it, it was like the way that apostates were explained to me was like, oh, they they come up with all this these crazy lies about the organization and you can't believe anything they say. And then I go on to this JW Facts, I'm like, he has, he's using stuff from the publications. Like, how can you not exactly. see that, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I even looked up like the publications in like the JW Library app at the time. This mm-hmm. is like 2013. And um, everything was correct and I was like I was just absolutely dumbfounded about the things I was finding like little 13 year old me <laughs> sitting in her bedroom on her like little tab Samsung tablet um, I felt a lot of anger afterwards after discovering that like basically what I had been raised in was a lie um, I kept it quiet from everybody I didn't want to start a scene I didn't want to I was you know I'm still am like a very shy person very quiet I I'm I don't do confrontation I feel like it never works out <laughs> in my favor um so I started to think about I'm like well how do I I don't want to live like this like how do I get out of this and um that's when I started beginning on how to figure out how to leave and <laughs> it ended up taking nine years but <laughs> yeah it's we're here. some people can like they it's like overnight and they have like the means or the opportunity and other people it takes a while yeah it definitely was just not having the means to do it in a way where I felt safe so yeah, yeah going into your adolescence with um religious trauma uh, that that's set up to be somewhat of a a little bit of a mess mm-hmm. um i i've thought about it for years i ended up attending um a dual enrollment high school or considered an early college and so i was able to get my high school diploma and um my associate's degree at the same time once I graduated and through that I got into a lot of trouble you know was it like you were staying on campus or were you staying at your house still 
Oh, I was staying at my house. It was through a community college connected to a high school. So we'd go do our high school classes and then go over and do our community college classes. And they counted kind of some of the college classes counted for our high school credits. So yeah, it kind of worked out in the end. And the part of the reason why I wanted to do that is because I I knew I wanted to move out as soon as possible. Like be on my own, get out, get a good job, like just get out from under my parents. Yeah. Um, so I went ahead and did that. Obviously, as many teenagers do, I got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. And their by their definition, yeah. By their definition, yeah. yeah. I, I I was dating around like most teenagers do. Um, nothing serious actually. I don't think my parents even found out about most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think the same thing. I'm like, you know, there were a lot of things that I got in trouble for that I didn't even do in the cult. But there were plenty of things that, that I never got caught for. So I used to kind of like chalk it up like, well, <laughs> you, yeah. were, you earned it in other ways that they don't even know about. So I'll take yeah. this one. It's fine. Yeah. Like little, little things. I think like school definitely became like a haven for me just to like mm-hmm. be out of the house and stuff. Cause just like things weren't like super great at home. I think another part of my story is I did actually try to leave multiple times while being a minor. Not really too, almost because I was kind of forced into it. When I was 15, I I was keeping a journal slash sketchbook type of thing that my mom found um, and then had to question me about because I was like writing down about like, I was honestly doing research on like if I ever had to come and confront my parents about why I didn't believe this, like how I would go about it. And she found that. And so that turned into a huge fight after she found that. And then, um, so were your parents, were your parents not the type of people that supported researching to confirm your faith? No, not really. It was, uh, it was more so like my dad telling me, even right before I got baptized, I remember he was like, "These, you know, I did the research, you know, so just like trust me type of stuff. Uh, He's like, you know, I took, he says it took me like seven years to actually get baptized and stuff after studying. He's like, I went through all of it and think about the prophecies here that were, that are in the Bible. And then he also was, he, he, he'd gone to like different churches and things at the time when he was a kid. He's like, Jehovah's Witnesses are the only ones that don't teach about the Trinity. So yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah. What's so, that, that? What does that prove? I mean, that doesn't. Prove- yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> If any research was to be done, it was on JW Library. <laughs> ah. But so yes. how old were you when she found your journal? I was about 15. I was um, 15 or 16. I was in my sophomore year of high school. Um, and that turned into a fight. And it, I don't know how it ended, but it was like a three-hour fight in the, in the evening. Um, I didn't end up going to school the next day. Wow. And she was just like or I think my dad was like why don't you know why don't you just ask us questions and we'll find the answers for you and he's like we'll look on the website together and stuff and so I was like okay and I honestly I just kind of cowered because Mm. I just didn't want to deal with the stress because it just every time it came up it was so stressful so I just I still went to meetings I still pretended I believed it and that I was repentant in what I've done Mm. and you know just went along like that until about 
a year, year and a half later, um, I would sneak out a lot, tell my parents where, um, that I was, where I wasn't, um, I I would go out and hang out with my worldly friends from high school, and I had a fake Facebook and all that. Nice. My 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 friends at high school they 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 knew the situation, so they knew like don't post pictures of Sierra on Facebook just in case. Right. I did the same thing. They all knew the spiel. They all knew the storyline. Yeah, they all knew the situation, (laughs) so they're like, be careful, you know. Yeah. Don't um, ruin this for her. <laughs> until I think it was um, my birthday when I turned 17. Um, it was, they actually held me a birthday party. It was down at the lake and stuff. So I told my parents, I, I don't even know what the excuse was at the time, but I told them I'd be gone for a couple hours. Celebrated my birthday. One of my friends took photos and stuff. Oh. And she ended up posting them on Facebook. And like, and I, at that point, I had literally blocked all of the Jehovah's Witnesses like from my Facebook that I could think of so like nobody can see this and I honestly still don't understand how they found it but somebody anonymously found her Facebook and sent all the photos and everything oh, to the elders no. yeah <laughs> that was are funny. you in like a sort of or were you in um, like a small town oh very small i we still are in a very small then it could have you know i because i always was scared of that of like okay maybe even if i block them all from my fake instagram account and my fake you know myspace my mentality was always like well that doesn't prevent someone that i'm in the kingdom hall with being like a cousin of someone i'm in school with yeah and then somewhere along the line and so i was always just like no don't just don't put me on it at all because My luck, that's that your experience yeah. is exactly I was like the way my luck is set up, someone's gonna know someone. I know, that's caught. how I always felt. I'm like, knowing <laughs> my luck, someone's gonna find it. But yep. um it kind of got time. to the point where I was like, ah, no one's gonna find it, you know. I Because it got went cocky. well for so long. Yeah, because uh. it went well for so long. I got cocky. <laughs> so I was like, Yeah, oh, you can no. post them, I don't care. Cause she's like my best friend. She still is. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um and maybe I, maybe the universe was like, listen, Sierra, we gotta like put some fire under you. Let's let's get you caught and let's yeah, like speed yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that helped or not. Oh my god! <laughs> so but, they um, found the birthday pictures. They found the birthday pictures. Thought I was also a lesbian at the time. All right, because all because that's what that means. If you celebrate yeah. birthdays, instant lesbian. Oh, well, because it was, like, photos of me and my friend on her Facebook, and, like, we were hugging on each other and stuff, so they, like, instantly took that as, like, she's a lesbian, and, or she was being, I think one of the elders said, because we had to meet with them, is that I was being groomed by this girl, and I was like, okay, pal. It was, it was such trying to make a victim out of you and you're like no I'm totally fine and that's my yeah, friend that's they really were trying to make a victim out of me and I think the worst part and I'm not proud of this either is that I just like because my parents were giving me hell at home mm-hmm. and um, I was just like you know what sure yeah, yeah sure I, I'm the victim and it just it, it was awful because at the same time my brother's trying to help me because he's seeing my parents giving me hell at home so he decides that he's gonna contact social services oh boy yeah he went in oh my god yeah and 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 
as a disclaimer, they were not physically abusive, I will say. Mentally, mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to, that's such a hard question. I've been asked that in therapy, I don't know about yourself, where it's like, would you, would you feel, do you feel like you were mentally abused or emotionally abused? And it's like, well, by definition, like if someone else told me their story, I'd say, yeah. But yeah. when, when you're living in it, you're like, no, it wasn't that bad. But no, nah, it, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. When you were you, 12 when you and he was talking you into making a major commitment into a cult. That's yeah. Like my mom, like when I when I got baptized, um, backtracking just a little bit, um, I told my mom I was thinking about getting baptized. I emphasized thinking. That's what, exactly what I said to her. And instantly the meeting afterwards, she's at the elder so-and-so being like, Sierra wants to get baptized. You're like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's how I got roped into that. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you though for like kind of just going with the flow of their narrative because yeah. you're in survival mode at that point. You so. really are in survival mode because like what it, what is a minor supposed to do? Yeah. Like I'm 17, I'm not 18, I can't move out. I do not I work at Walmart. I don't have the means to move out. The economy's went <laughs> to garbage. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we live yeah. in a super small rural area to the point where there's like zero housing. <laughs> yeah, where am I going to go? Yeah, this is all so, I have right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I kind of once once social services got called that turned into a mess because then I was also on the XJW said Reddit at the time. My brother knew this because we would have our little chit chat sessions. Mm-hmm. That's how I found out he was apostate. So he showed them my XJW post thinking that he, in his mind he thought he was helping um it it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just made it so much worse because you can then, mean well and actually be, you know, you're kind of like yeah. stirring the pot and just making it worse. Yeah, then it turned into the second time meeting with the elders and they're reading me off these posts and me just crying. Wait, how did they find the, were your posts under your real name? No, no, it was, um, it was because I like shared it with my brother and my brother was also active in these XJW subreddits. And so my brother showed my parents it and my parents sent that to the elders. Oh, what a mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have just denied it. I'm like, yeah, those are his links. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> What's that no, got to do with me? <laughs> I, I, it was just me crying hysterically while oh. these two grown men. Grown like, adults. Bullying grown, a child. Yeah. Just being. Yeah. And I, I didn't get in trouble for it because I was a minor. I'm pretty sure that's the reason. And um, I don't know why my parents let me just get sit there and get berated like that by two grown men. I do hold resentment for that. <laughs> were they in the room as you were being spoken to by the elders? Yes, they were. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of people are not that fortunate. No, so. they never were for me and I had the same, that's why I asked because I had the same stance as you of like these grown adults talking to a minor. I don't know why that was I don't know why that's acceptable in general like why they ever I feel comfortable doing that. I don't know either. Um I think my parents were pretty adamant about being in the room though so I think that might have been part of the reason but yeah I don't I don't know it was just it was just such an uncomfortable situation um that caused me to run away from home twice I always came back though um yeah so the options yeah just just trying to leave trying to get myself emancipated at some point but i knew like it wasn't gonna happen unless like there was like physical abuse going on so i just like it just i ended up just 
receding once again going back into the closet you know i had to study with some elders wives for about a year going over stuff but nothing came about (laughs) that whole thing Mm -hmm. but let me tell you though it really just traumatized me because then from like age 17 to now i would say about like 21 i just tried to stay silent i tried to pretend that like everything was fine you know i was definitely what physically in mentally out for years um just pretending going along um and then we get to oh gosh drama number when i turned (laughs) 21 (laughs) everything went pretty good like especially during the pandemic and stuff like i'd have to listen to meetings but like i sat on my tablet most of the time and like read books and drew and stuff so yeah it's like whatever i was still living with my parents i had gotten a pretty good job but there was just no place to rent so i wasn't able to move out really um and then there was a girl from a different hall who i had known for years but we kind of lost touch and then when right about before i turned 21 she wanted to hang out with me and i was like ah alright why not (laughs) and um that turned into like me going over and she was married too by the way me going over to her house every weekend she was how old huh how old was she she uh oh gosh what how old is she I want to say she's 23 24 now so she would have been about 22 when this was going on so you guys are like close or close yeah yeah, we're close in age she got she got married at 21 um And then started hanging out with me about a year after she got married. Okay. Um, and I would, she honestly, the reason why I hung out with her so much because she acted so worldly. It was kind of a <laughs> a breath of was, fresh air. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Um, I'd go to her house once I turned twenty one, and I'd get absolutely just plastered <laughs> every weekend. I love it. And and it was multiple Jehovah's young Jehovah's Witness couples that would come over and including some minors and she would feed alcohol to the minors. Hey. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it it was a party. <laughs> we, I love it. There was some crazy stuff. Um and so we we hang, hung out for a good like six months. Um and then one night I was at her house we were just sitting there watching movies drinking as usual and she started opening up about her marriage and how unhappy she was in her marriage and things like that and I was like wow that's kind of crazy and then she started talking about like I can't remember how it got brought up I think it might have been the child sex abuse cases she found Mm. out about them and she was like in shock and then me kind of you know a little buzzed on alcohol I thought that was a point where I felt safe enough to be like yeah hey listen I don't believe this stuff like you know (laughs) I'm just trying to survive here (laughs) yeah and like that night like the whole weekend we just talked about it and I felt like I really like genuinely made a connection with somebody who like understood like this isn't the truth Mm -hmm. just with the way she was talking about like leaving her marriage and leaving you know the the organization and things like that um and I I left there that weekend like feeling like really refreshed and happy like I had someone on my side because at this point my brother had moved 
to Charlotte, North Carolina, and he was like, he's like, peace out. Yeah, you're on your own, kid. I tried. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I tried. See ya. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I think it was about around Thanksgiving, um, 2021. She texted me and basically said, um, I'm worried about you, and I'm going to tell the elders. Oh, you, know, if you don't. Yeah. Ma'am, worry about your marriage, please. Yeah, worry about the fact that you were talking you were going to leave your husband. <laughs> yeah, I think you have other issues on yeah. your plate. And the audacity. I, honestly, when I saw that text, I just kind of sat there and stood and I started crying. I started absolutely yeah. bawling because I like I knew I'm like there's no way to get out of this. Um, I mean, to be fair, it was all verbal communication. So was there was proof. yeah there was no proof she was the only person that's what saves me um mm. and um i tell her that i'm going to um she says she's gonna give me a couple weeks in those couple weeks a miracle happens i find a basement apartment for six hundred dollars a month if and you, this- you know, if you ever were going to believe in a higher power, like that yeah. would have been ironically, like the moment to get out of a cult would be, I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe there is a God. Yeah. <laughs> like 650 a month. I'm, I'm just wow. telling my parents, I'm like, you know, like this is, you know, hey, it's a nice place. Things like that. Um, it could be a shitty place at that rate. The desperation. It, honestly, makes it was everything. pretty. It was pretty bad. I lived there for about nine months. There was mice everywhere. Yeah, and you're like, you know what? I'd rather be with the mice. Yeah. <laughs> so. And so I moved out. Um, still didn't say anything to my parents. Um, the elders did find out, and that turned into I denied everything because my parents nice. don't wanted me to talk to them my parents didn't know anything that was going on I denied everything and they're like well the things that she was saying they were just they're really compelling Sierra and I'm like mm. I don't know she's lying she has she's having issues with her husband <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love it I would you too know? listen if you're gonna throw me under the bus I'm gonna pull out yeah. all the things you told yeah, me to sister please like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like uh uh-uh. so I yeah so <laughs> I don't blame you I, at all it was just denying deny deny and then they're like okay well since we can't determine like who's actually been sinning here you need to you we need to get you together in a zoom call and have you duke it out basically like that is the most messy petty shit i've ever heard yes it was like since like she's made these such serious allegations against you you need to confront her no i don't no i don't what are you (laughs) talking about And they're oh. like, well, well, what, how do you think it may, like, how do you think it looks like when you're denied, like she said, already said that she would meet with you. How do you think it would look if you decide not to meet with her? Like I'm, I'm like, an adult? I don't know. Bro, it was, it was insane. Like the whole thing was so just, That's sometimes so I like, sometimes I look back, I'm like, wow, I've really lived through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really petty. That's like something that happens like in middle school with like your guidance counselor like they'll bring in like the two students that have a problem with each other and like all right kids you need yeah. to like you guys are adults like yeah well, i don't owe like, this lady an explanation it's like what would you do in the scenario that like someone comes out with like 
child sex abuse or rape allegations Nothing. against somebody i'm like you're gonna you're gonna make them like sit in a zoom call and like try to duke it out on and like try to see who's actually telling the truth i know people that that's happened to unfortunately that's but insane. but but also like what is the point because yeah you know with you and her or in something serious like sexual assault you guys don't do anything about it at the yeah end of you it. So, don't like, do anything about it you're just like looking for a bad guy yeah in the end. so be done with the mess it's just yeah. childish well it wasn't done with the mess even <laughs> after that zoom call with the elders oh gotcha because um, gotcha. yeah this is after uh, it's covid okay. yeah 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 so um after that since i wouldn't meet with her they're like they decided to go on a full stalking campaign and like she and this is my fault i gave her like way too much information i was like here's one of my ex-boyfriends on facebook stuff like that he didn't have pictures you felt like here. you were in a safe space I, I mean, did I did and I don't know I don't know if I should be blaming myself or no. if I should like I don't know I no. feel like anytime I, I you like tell stupid, somebody something you, know? you told somebody that you felt like you could trust and you told them in yeah. confidence and then they used it as like a, a missile towards yeah. you that's not that's but not on you the crazy thing about this is that they took my ex-boyfriend's they somehow i don't know how they still got her phone number my ex-boyfriend's mother they called her questioning her about how to get hold of my ex-boyfriend who by the way is in the military on a ship in the middle of nowhere oh my god and trying to get trying to question her about a relationship that we possibly had and luckily and she they're also, strangers to her she doesn't they're know strangers. she doesn't know them <laughs> And, she, and here she is getting a call from Jehovah's Witnesses questioning her about a son and her, like his ex-girlfriend who've been not together for like a year. And luckily she she's a very sweet woman, I will say, and she understood exactly what was going on and she told them to never call her again. She didn't give them How any information. How bored were these elders during COVID? Right? The quarantine that right? they were like, let's just like stalk people and call yeah. people that don't know us. Yeah. So, Good for that lady. <laughs> honestly. And then um, another person I had gone on a couple dates with texted me and he's like, this girl keeps texting me on instagram like wanting to know if we ever dated and i'm like please do not answer that and it was her trying to get information and they never did find anything um it it's just like that was insane so ridiculous so yeah. unnecessary and even my parents like at that point they're like okay this is not okay like yeah. you need to chill out leave our daughter alone stuff like that um but yeah, and then then of course they apologized to my parents and stuff. I not to got, you though. Not to me. They never got an apology from me. Yeah. Um, I had a similar situation when um when I was first moved out of my parents' house, I moved into this apartment. There was an elder and his wife that lived in the apartment complex as well. And I was, you know, as I said in my episode, I was plotting and I was already dating someone outside of the truth by that point. Mm -hmm. But um he started keeping like track of like when I got home and when I left who showed up what time when they left wow. um the cars the license plates like describing everything sometimes he would look through my window and see like well the only light that was on was the bedroom like things like that and I like really had to stress to 
the other elders as well as my parents of like does no one see how this is just extremely violating and unhealthy like cult aside what the hell like why do you think this is appropriate and it was only afterwards that my dad was like yeah wait a minute this is fucked up but it took me having to say it yeah that's like I I told my parents I'm like do you not see how violating this is people questioning whether I'm a virgin or not people who are not related to me who have like barely talked to me for years Mm -hmm. do you not see how messed up this whole situation is yeah and and that's when my parents like yeah yeah we understand and and even outside that like i mean it's very violating for you and totally out of line but even on like the outside like the worldly people that that were being harassed is like they owe you nothing they literally don't know you and you're asking them like did you date this person where's your son right now like it's just mm -mm. nothing about this it, it was it was disgusting and then um shortly after that you know we got over that i still joined zoom meetings but like i kept it muted and i would like go to the grocery store nice (laughs) um i ended up dating my my current boyfriend now um and then i think this is the last main story that i really got for tonight but um (laughs) we started dating he works um he's an optician working at um, a vision center yeah and he he works inside a supermarket and we were walking in said supermarket and not even holding hands it was just me getting groceries for myself because i was living on my own and him just like walking with me talking with me right an elder uh, not no it wasn't an elder it was um i don't even know if he's a servant or not but um i think he's a he's an elder son that's what i'm trying to say is an elder son and his wife are walking and I, I see them and I kind of just sneak into an aisle, hopefully that they, they didn't see me. My boyfriend's looking at me kind of weird. He's like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? I'm, I'm like, hiding. I just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. And um, so after that, like, I thought I was in the clear because I hadn't heard from anything. I haven't heard anything in a couple days like my parents were kind of oblivious and then I get a text message while I'm at work at my desk and being like hey Sierra this is so and so I just want to talk to you about what I saw um on Friday it was I think it was a Friday that I had seen him and I was like I, I, I my heart just kind of dropped and I'm like I can't I can't keep doing this I finally just I left work early that day went got my car and just started completely bawling like having a full breakdown Mm -hmm. and i was like you know what i'm on my own there's no point to keep this you know stuff up like i've already done an absolute shit job keeping it all together (laughs) anyway right it's finally just time to tell my parents and so drive to my parents house it's like a four minute drive from work and i'm like listen i have a boyfriend I don't believe any of this. I haven't. I'm sick of this. You know, it it went on. It was like a th- another three-hour argument. My parents kind of belittling me in little ways and stuff. They're like, you're just wanting to leave because of this guy that you met. And oh, I'm like, no, this that. has been like a plan. And they know that. You know, it's not like they're, you know, you've been, you know, on your P's and Q's 100% and then today you're coming at them they know that but you know it's very easy and lazy for them to say well it's because of your boyfriend yeah yeah it's because of your boyfriend and so they're they're like well you know we'll we'll try to accept them but at least go to meetings 
I don't know why I still kept going to meetings after that, just kept joining the Zoom meetings. I ended up getting marked because they told the elders that I had a boyfriend or that elder's son told him I had a boyfriend. Probably. It really doesn't matter who yeah, told him, but true. either way, um, my parents ended up getting a shepherding call for encouragement. Um, I proceeded then to go ahead and block every single elder that I could know, every single Jehovah's Witness, everybody, except for like my parents. Yeah. Um, kept in contact with my parents. Um, that that happened this March. Um, kept going, just joining the Zoom meetings even after they went back in person, you know, just kept tried to keep my parents happy because I I think a big thing and why it took me so long to leave was because I had so much guilt on just because it was just me and my brother my brother's off you know 100 miles away you know doing his own thing my parents are alone in a house their families are up north from Wisconsin um it's literally just them you know and I think that's what really held me back is from like just finally not going to meetings and things it's just like I just I want to be able to talk to them you know I want to make sure they're okay I want to you know I want to be in their lives and it took me a while to realize that it just this wasn't sustainable I was so stressed over everything it Mm -hmm. it was just it was killing my mental health more it already had killed my mental health but it was just kind of pounding it into the grave a little bit more (laughs) yeah um I think a big thing too is that um I moved out of the basement apartment um about a month yeah that'll help your mental health for sure yeah Yeah. moved out of the basement apartment and actually moved in with my boyfriend um didn't tell my parents or nothing and then um about two weeks ago i finally just sent a text message being like i'm done i said the only reason why i don't send a disassociation disassociation letter is because it's none of their business i said i do not believe this is god's true one true organization i told them i wouldn't get into doctrine because i said there's no point in getting into doctrine with them because I, i had tried to do that in the past and it just went nowhere Mm-hmm. And that was it. Um, after that, I, I gave my phone to my boyfriend. I said, if they say just, I, I said, ignorance is bliss. Just, <laughs> you know, you can read them. I don't care, yeah. you know. And then there, they did say some stuff back. Um, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I definitely think a lot of anxiety was yeah, um, at play when I sent it. I think it was a little worse in my head than it actually ended up making. Oh, it was a long overdue, so like you keep imagining how it's going to be when it finally happens. When yes, it finally happens, incredibly then. long overdue. Yeah. And um, Even my, my mom still talks to me, surprisingly. She's texted me here and there. I, I don't know if I'm disfellowshipped or not. I'm, I don't know. It really yeah. doesn't matter at this point. Um, I've, I've made my peace with it. I think I've finally got my closure from it. Um, my dad texted me a little bit here and there I think he's pretty pissed off at me but mm-hmm. besides that yeah that's that's where I I'm feel at like now. the status the status only matters you know as we all know the status only matters in the sense of like how it affects your ability to have relationships with your parents it really does um I think yeah the whole thing is just having a relationship with my parents and I honestly I'm not sure if having a relationship with them is even worth it in some ways because Mm -hmm. 
even like the couple months that they knew about the boyfriend and I was still going to meetings and I'd go see him is like it was just constantly about Jehovah 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 and yeah you know and like the last time I went and saw them before I sent them the the, the closing text message was like the Euphrates River's drying up and Queen Elizabeth dying means it's the end of the world and I'm like uh yeah okay <laughs> yeah it, it was a little mm. it is like you said though that there is no point in going back and forth about the the tit for tat about the religion and like why you don't believe this and the, it's a vicious cycle that like you guys are on two different pl- spots right now you know never say never Um, and it's just really hard to talk to a person that's closed-minded or is like really committed to like the bullshit you can't talk reason to those types of people it's not until they have like a little crack in the window where they're like well this part did then maybe it's like okay now i can talk to you (laughs) i still keep hope that one day they'll wake up and see Mm -hmm. and they'll be like oh my goodness um Look well, at all these right. years we she's wasted right. in our life. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure how much that will happen. Um, yeah. But you know, I'm just trying to move forward right now. Overall, like life's good. I'm happy. I'm um, glad. It's it's. I have a really great relationship. I have a really great job. I have a I have a house. <laughs> <laughs> and this economy. And this economy. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I'm glad, like, I'm happy for you, and I'm like, all the applause to you because it's, it's nothing about it's easy, and especially when like you've been hounded about it repeatedly. I, I know how that feels. It's, but I mean, the one glass half full is like because you've already had like those similar conversations before. You kind of knew what was coming. Like, oh yeah, from your parents or even mm-hmm. the elders. You're like, well, I've been here a couple times. I know, like, it's not gonna. Yeah. It's, it's not gonna nothing's gonna change so no. i think that's what keeps me going though like i, I do want to stay active in the xjw community i do feel very attached to this community because it has gotten me through a whole lot yes, yes. and it just uh, i just i i hope to see like just i know like the religion's probably not gonna ever completely be gone but i would like to yeah, see probably. the organization dissolve in a way i just want to see because i think that so long as there are people that are going through tough times there's always going to be room for a cult like jehovah's witnesses because oh yeah you know they swoop in when you're low as we've talked about before but i think i would like to see them kind of just like lose a lot you know i want to see them like implode over the child sexual assault and i want to see them implode over their shunning practices and like what Mm -hmm. that does for like ptsd and I just want them in, to implode in that way. And then, you know, if there's some poor soul that even after that still believes in it, still needs it in their life, then, you know, more power to them. But I just, I want people to know when they go in or when they stay in, this is what you're you're committing to. I want you to know that if you choose to still identify as Jehovah's Witness, you're choosing to okay covering pedophilia and to okay mm-hmm. physical abuse and mental abuse i want you to just know i want you to acknowledge that when you stay in that religion yeah cult. yeah 100 percent. i i think jehovah's witnesses overall they are good people um i mean they're people you know yeah. 
Goods and bads, yeah. Goods and bads, it, it really depends. I think in- intentionally most of them have good intentions. It's mm-hmm. just they go about it in such a, a bad way. Yeah. It, it just it, it poisons the whole thing. And the organization mm-hmm. just in general, I just, it's just, it's disgusting to me. Just how yeah. much they've been able to get away with and their members not even knowing like mm-hmm. about the child sex abuse scandals and stuff actually i think the associated press had done um an article recently about a bill in utah that would get rid of the statute of limitations for oh i love child that. yeah for child sex abuse and the associated press was, there's been a lot of bills like at, at least like 130 throughout the country and the associated press did a little digging and it was because the roman catholic church mormons and jehovah's witnesses have had their hands in you know state rooms and courts and things mm-hmm. like that lobbying and using their influence to prevent the bill bills from ever getting passed and i think that's incredibly sad especially seeing how we're supposed to be politically neutral so oh yeah i i, how, I thought that was interesting yeah i don't know how you're lobbying for bills when you're claiming that people can't vote so right which one is it i i just i agree though i think that for the most part i'm sure out of all the joe's witness that there ever has been and and currently are the vast majority are not bad people and kind of mm-hmm. like what you said at the beginning of this is that people will say well, like i knew plenty of joe's witness i went to school with them my neighbor is that my my co-worker is a joe's witness, and they're great people they probably are mm-hmm. but the unfortunate thing is like i don't care if you show me ten thousand a wonderful jehovah's witnesses they're still going to be like if you just tell me one of them is hiding the fact that they know pedophilia is happening in their congregation throw the whole thousand away throw yeah. the whole ten thousand away really? i don't care yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is garbage to me the just, moment you tell me that i just find it so insane like i don't know why that should be such a secret you know it's like yeah. you would you would be so you would get so much good publicity if you were an organization that like yeah if we knew about pedophilia we would we kick it out we wipe yep. it out we don't let them inside actually right. this isn't my story and i don't know if you want to add it to the podcast <laughs> no, in any it. way um but my mother's best friend her her son um was living in charlotte and he got in contact to what he believed was a 14 year old girl online there is a news article i can share with you if you're interested send it to me i'm so curious (laughs) um and he went looking for this teenage girl i think this was early february of 2021 i'll try to go ahead and try to find it for you um but he was arrested because it was a um undercover thing that the cops (laughs) were doing (laughs) jokes on you (laughs) yeah he 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 had to be labeled as a sex offender um he lives here now he came back um to the western area of north carolina lives with his mom and everything um and and i'm still active in the congregation yes he he's he was disfellowship but he's active in the congregation and my mother compliments him all the time and i'm I'm like, please stop. He's a pedophile. She's like, no, Sierra, he's not a pedophile. He didn't actually do anything. I'm like, um, he, he had was the going intent. to. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. It, ab- it absolutely baffles me, some of their <laughs> logic sometimes, you know? <sighs> and these, these are the same type of people that'll be like, you should marry him, Sierra, because he's a brother. 
Yeah. But right. if you, you know, when you go to try to marry your boyfriend, they're gonna be like, he's worldly. Yeah. Should, he's not gonna make a good and, good partner. You're like, yeah. but he's a pedophile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so many stories about like guys in my congregation that are around my age that have just done some pretty sick stuff. One, I and I don't know the truth about some of them. I know one for a fact had a girlfriend um, who I would literally watch him while while I was on the bus every day coming home from high school, and I would see him like hugging and kissing his girlfriend on, outside. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Do you have any other siblings that are still in? Yes, my older sister is in. She is, um, I think, is still a pioneer. I don't really know, but she's she's always been. Well, I can't say always. Since like she was like seventeen to now, she's been consistently like really a diehard JW, and it's like uh, not the annoying ones, like not to be confused with like my mom or like your parents, where you can't have a normal non-religious conversation somewhere it always has to go back to like well Joe this Joe that mm-hmm. you can I can have a conversation with my older sister and it not get weird and preachy and like we kind of just have a mutual respect for like I'm you know I, I don't swear around her I don't bring up things about like the holidays or anything around her oh yeah and vice versa she doesn't bring up like that's why I'm not certain if she's still pioneering or not like I don't know that but you know she told me oh yeah I just moved into a new apartment and I'm moving from this area to this area and I'm really excited like we can talk about normal things and even that's that, good yeah not often you know mm-hmm. like I try not to like kind of like what you're going through like I try not to reach out too often yeah it, it's kind of yeah, and like I said, it's I don't know right now if I really want a relationship with my family just because yeah, maybe like, you don't. so much happened, now. you know? Um, I still think shunning is very wrong. A religion should not teach anybody no. like that you need to shun your family. That's none of their business, whether it happens or not. Right. Um, but yeah. I'm really hard about like I don't understand the difference between sympathy and empathy. I always have to like Google it to figure out <laughs> which word means what. Yeah. But I can relate. I'll just say I can relate to your feeling of like not knowing if you want to talk to them right now. I I left in 2013. I didn't talk to them for years uh, till like 2015. Um, not even like single text or anything. And I was in maybe it was 2016 yeah I think 2016 um I was in therapy and my therapist at the time you know just had this idea of like you should write a letter as if you're writing to them everything you're feeling and everything you're thinking and about this whole shunning business and you know blah 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 and I wrote it and I wrote it like probably like a good 20 times and then after like the 20th time I was like fuck it I'm mailing it And like that last letter was just me saying like, you know, like the last three, four years, we haven't talked because of the shunning, because you're saying you're not allowed to talk to me because I simply don't believe and don't want to live the life that you've predestined me to live. Um, But just so you're aware, from this day on, we're not talking ever again because I don't want to talk to you. Like, and I don't know, it sounds so petty now that I'm just like in a different place, but at the time it felt like I was taking control back of the situation. Yeah, no, I can, you know, of just being like, I don't want to feel like, Oh, you don't talk to your family. Oh, cause they're ignoring you. I want to feel like I don't talk to my family because I do not appreciate how they chose a cult over me, their child. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, I think that's definitely a way to take it back into your control with the whole situation. Being like, actually, I don't want to be associated yeah, with fact, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shunning you, actually. At the time, I really needed that. So I bring that up just to say that I can relate to that feeling of being like, you know what? I don't think I even want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you just know that like right now what I need is not someone telling me that like I'm some sort of failure or that yeah. I'm wrong because a lot of thought went into you leaving. It's not, again, it's not like you just woke up one day and said like, fuck this. Like a lot of thought went into that, like yeah. the pros and the cons and what you'd be losing or gaining. You don't need someone being in your ear telling yeah. you that you're wrong or your boyfriend's yeah. a piece of shit or whatever. Like, yeah. The funny thing I always think about is if they actually, they never got to meet my boyfriend, but if they ever did get to meet him, I know for a fact they would absolutely love him. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I, I, I would be amazed to see like Gen oh. Z, Z not completing like basically leaving the cult um, I mean I think it's yeah. already definitely happening just non-stop for sure like, people are waking up You, you can't, it's the internet age you can't mm -hmm. hide it like you used no. to like back in the early 2000s you also can't claim ignorance anymore either yeah which goes back to the whole issue I one of the many but one of the main because it's like the most important because it's an active like they're creating victims every day it's like you can't claim you don't know about these things it's literally no. everywhere I mean it you could is. be watching the news and have no intention to see any apostate shit and the sexual assault stuff could pop yeah. up like how do you not know what's happening yeah, that's a willful blindness like you're yeah. trying to not find well, i it. think that's like a lot of what the watchtowers are now is like if there's anything on tv or you see anything on a, like a website or social media against the witnesses you you back away you turn away you don't even give it a second thought stuff like that that's stupid yeah <laughs> it's just now that like your employer wouldn't even ask you to do that yeah right like it's just mm -mm. Yeah. I don't like them very much. I don't either. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about your story that you think that people need to hear or that you just want to get it off your chest? I hope people find, like, empathize in a way or sympathize. Um, <laughs> Whatever the <laughs> word means. Um, Both? I don't know. <laughs> I just, I hope people can find comfort in knowing that they're not alone. Um, I know I felt alone here and there. Um, same. I think I think another thing I'll I'll add towards the end is that you re you really aren't alone. Um, there was a girl who um actually she's she's pretty young. She's a little older than I am. She came into the religion. Oh gosh, oh, I don't know. I want to say when I was about thirteen, fourteen, and um, she was kind of coaxed into it because she was dating a Jehovah's Witness boy oh. who ended up getting disfellowshipped. Very interesting story. I still don't know how they coaxed her in or even found her information. But um, she ended up getting baptized and served as like a pioneer for years. Then all of a sudden we find out that she got disfellowshipped. And I always kind of wondered what happened to her. I'd see her working um, at Walmart and stuff once in a while. And um, in the last couple months... Um, especially with everything going on with my family um we finally got in contact and we've been talking and it's it, it, it just honestly when I first started talking to her like I started like crying because I'm like oh my gosh she under kind of understands like she doesn't mm -hmm. have the family um her family was actually very apostate it's kind of interesting um it was very happy when she left I'm but, sure <laughs> yeah um but like talking with her and stuff it just it 
it's like a comfort and so it I just want I just want you to know, like I think even um like going to like ex-Mormons or like any ex-fundamentalist Christian mm-hmm. you can like find comfort with people like that from like any religion mm-hmm. um I think one of the books that um I read right before I sent that text message to my parents a couple weeks before um there's there's a book called educated by tara westover who it's a story about her um and her family were like survivalist mormons and basically how she had to choose her family and her family's religion over the fact that she wanted to go to college and get educated and things like that Mm -hmm. um and i think that's a really great book crisis of conscious um, i know i keep saying i'm gonna read that it's i know it's it, on it, my it's, Kindle. It's I haven't good. read it. I have it on my Kindle too. <laughs> I, I don't think I've completed it, but the parts I have read are like very great. Um, and then another book that I'm reading right now is actually Jeanette McCurdy's memoir. I'm glad my mom died, and that has <gasps> yeah. abs- has absolutely nothing to do with religion or anything. Well, she was Mormon, um, oh. but like it's more so the it, it makes you rethink the relationships and. The manipulation you might see from your family like at a young mm-hmm. age and it's like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it's just yeah but nobody's alone that's no that's my main story okay but that's if, pretty much you, all i got if you haven't said it already um my my closing question is what would you tell any physically in people that are listening right now i just do your research don't take anybody's word for gold um and i mean apostate jehovah's witness anybody Mm -hmm. do your own research read the publications with a critical eye and i think you know no matter what conclusion you'll come to i feel like you'll actually have some resolve with that you know yeah and just you know listen to people don't just like turn it off yeah. I think I think everything needs to be looked at with through a critical lens. Um, I think that's how we progress and that's how we learn. And so yeah, that that's all I hope for is that just people like don't take everything for face value. 